This is the Everything EV Podcast by EV Powered. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everything EV Podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything electric. I'm your host, Charlie Atkinson, and in these episodes, we'll be discussing everything to do with electric travel. So whether it be cars, bikes, boats, or even planes, we'll have it covered. We'll also be speaking to people from within the industry to get their views on the EV space, as well as other features such as electric car reviews, electric motorsport coverage, and much, much more along the way. This podcast is available on all streaming platforms, so be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to receive every single episode as soon as it's released. And please do go back and check out all our other episodes too. In this episode, I'm joined by James Eaton, the CEO and co-founder of EV battery firm Ionetic. Ionetic came to the market earlier this year with its cost-effective battery pack solution, and James is here to tell us all about the new technology as well as discussing the journey of the company so far. So, James, good to be speaking with you today. Now, tell us about Ionetic. What was the initial inspiration behind the company and how did the journey of the company begin? Yeah, so um, I was working as a, a researcher at Imperial College London in the well, what's known as the battery group here. And um, was working on like various industry projects. So I was the sort of Imperial representative from uh, from the academia side and then working with lots of different car companies and essentially realized that even though you know, the people I'm on these calls with have been in automotive for tens of years, um, I ended up being the expert in the room because I spent at that point sort of two, three years in battery pack. And uh, it's obviously like a very changing um, market for, for automotive. And it was that point I sort of realized, you know, I could, I could clearly leverage this. So at that point, I decided to launch a consultancy. Um, so that was what Ionetic started as. It was going to be a consultancy. So we just do like specific projects, like bespoke designs, uh, or like, you know, make battery packs better, basically. And that lasted for about three weeks, maybe a month. Um, because then we started speaking to, you know, different car manufacturers, primarily small ones, and realized that they didn't need another consultancy. They didn't need another expensive option. They, they needed to be able to electrify and they needed to be able to electrify affordably and with good engineering solutions. So that's, we just, we pivoted basically and then we decided to, to attack that problem. So take a sort of blank slate approach at how do you come up with cost-effective but still optimized engineering solutions for battery pack? And that's how Iantic came to be. And where are we now on that timeline of the company? When did everything start and when, what position are you in now? So, yeah, so we launched as a consultancy on January 4th. And then, um, yeah, by, I think by February that had, that had changed. Um, so that's where I think we're now sort of eight-ish months in. Um, so it's basically been the last eight months doing, you know, obviously a lot of planning, um, hired some people, uh, and obviously a lot of technical development to support um, the platform to support Arc. So that optimized, um, automatically optimizing battery pack design platform. And did you have any interest in the automotive world before this? Or were you mainly looking at it from the engineering and, and battery side of things? Do you have any interest in electric vehicles or, or cars in general? Oh, yeah, I am. I am a big car nerd, 100%. Um, I've, I've always really wanted to work in in cars in some way whether it was in f1 or in sort of you know um passenger cars really 
So it, it it's been a passion of mine for for a long time. I I still remember watching um, Lewis Hamilton win the drivers' championship in two thousand and eight, taking overtaking Timo Glock on like the third to last corner. So I'm like I'm a big car guy. Um, a lot of my friends take take the mick out of me because I can like name every car on the street. Um, so it's definitely a big passion of mine, and, and it's one of the reasons, one of the driving like factors behind the company is that that mission essentially to make sure that the small car brands can actually electrify because currently they can't like currently there's no path for them because it's either too expensive the minimum order quantity is too high or the engineering solutions from like off the shelf um that is not good enough for what they need so uh, that really is sort of a, a driving factor behind why the company is the way it is is because i want to see these companies um not only survive electric electrification, but like thrive through that journey as well. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because it seems as though things have shifted in the EV industry from where people were saying, oh, I'm not too sure on EVs. I'm not too sure if they are the future. And there were questions about range and charging and, and all things like that. But now it seems as though it's moved to a point where people go, oh, I would get an EV, but only if I could afford one. So the focus has now sort of shifted to, okay, how do we make these things affordable and so i mean you mentioned the word mission earlier in your last answer and so how would you summarize the the mission statement of ionetic and and how that relates to the affordability of electric vehicles yeah i, I mean our mission is is really to enable niche vehicle manufacturers to electrify um we want to create great technology and we want to become sort of a, a market leader really for design and manufacture of battery packs because um, there just fundamentally aren't that many companies that design and manufacture in volume and that obviously needs to change it, it can't it can't stay a fragmented market where you where if you're a car company you need to go to like four different companies to actually get a battery pack uh, into production um, so that really is what what sort of drives us is you know wanting to see wanting to see all these exciting vehicles and, and you know, the vehicles that sort of underpin society as well, like trucks are niche vehicles and buses are niche vehicles and delivery vans are niche vehicles. And all of those things that sort of support daily life, um, they're all niche vehicles and they're all made by niche vehicle manufacturers and some of them in Europe and, and the UK. Yeah, you mentioned before we started recording that you are fully living that startup life at the moment. And and you said earlier that you're you're eight months in as well. So what have been some of the, the biggest challenges for, for you personally and for the company so far? Um, I mean, obviously, there are technical challenges. So you've got to develop the technology. Um, and that's not always straightforward, especially if you're, you know, if you're trying to achieve you know, crazy performance targets, you know, we're, we're aiming for 30% improved energy density over a lot of other solutions on the market, which is not straightforward to achieve. Um, you know, the, the volume utilization problems, all, all of that stuff we had to overcome. I think from a strategy perspective, um, with a, a company like, like Ionetic, where it's um, sort of manufacturing focused, the barriers entry is obviously quite high, um, both you know in terms of people, in terms of capital. Um, so, in the in the past, we have found that there's sort of been a, a chicken and an egg problem, really, where you 
where the sort of larger end of the customer base um, will not want to fully commit until that you've demonstrated that you can do it, but you can't demonstrate you can do it until you've got a customer saying, let's do this so that you can get the funding to do it. Um, so it's like this chicken and egg problem, which I think we've, we've overcome now, but um, that, that's always a problem, especially with something that, that has an MVP that is so expensive. It's not like a software business where you can like, you know, develop in sort of very low increments and you can get, you can get into, um, you can get out of pre-revenue very quickly with like a very low customer base. But, you know, we might only have, you know, sort of 10 customers, right? So there's not, there's only so much you can do in that, in that regard. So that's been one of the biggest challenges, I'd say, is overcoming the, the chicken and egg problem. And I think, I think we've worked it out now, but um, yeah. Okay, so when we talk about the EV industry and, and how far it's come over the last few years, it seems as though we're seeing lots of new battery tech companies and, and lots of innovation within the space. And so when you consider the competition, if, if that's the right word for it, what is it that sets Ionetic apart? And, and what is it that makes you guys stand out from the crowd? Well, I think our, our main USP is our our um, sort of balance between customization and cost reduction. So we can basically get a battery pack into production for up to ninety percent of the cost, ninety percent less, sorry, than many other people on the market. And when you're currently looking at the market and you're seeing that developing a battery pack costs more than the vehicle development budget in total. So just the battery pack costs more than the total vehicle development budget. Um, that's really important. To, we, to, you, know, you really need to reduce the cost versus the current options. Um, so that, that's probably our, our key selling point. And then you add on the manufacturer because we think that's essentially critical. Like we don't think you can just do design of battery packs. It doesn't provide anyone with a, a cost-effective solution. So I think that really is where our, our USP lies because the, the volume battery pack manufacturing doesn't really exist in the UK at the moment. And that, that needs to change. And we're obviously trying to change that. In terms of the sort of wider market, uh, I personally find it tough to sort of, see people as competition because the demand is so high that no matter how many new things come about there will be a place at the moment um, especially with like different usps that people are bringing out and obviously in the long term there'll be some consolidation in you know 10 years 15 years but uh, i think at the moment it's just really interesting to see uh, you know every week as you say some new technologies coming along um, it's just super interesting in this period of growth where there are just innovations everywhere, whereas that's not really happened in automotive for, well, essentially 100 years because combustion engines sort of, you know, got to 90% of where they are today very quickly. Um, whereas, you know, we're, we're making real step changes in battery packs, um, you know, on a weekly basis in, in some cases. So it's super interesting to see from that perspective i have like i have absolutely no concerns about competition i think it's i think it's great okay i'm not sure if you're going to be able to answer this question but i'm just going to go for it and ask it anyway but without giving away any of your secrets obviously you say your solution is a much more cost effective solution to other products out there so what is the process and what are some of the the key components of how you've been able to develop that product that 
but no one else has been able to. So, I mean, without telling me your secrets, what are what are those secrets? Um, so I think so. There's three things. What two of them are like? How we actually achieved that, and one of them is why we've ended up here. Um, why we ended up here is basically because we we had the opportunity because we were starting from zero to really take a blank slate approach. Whereas everyone else, you know, existing companies, maybe traditional consultancies that are pivoting into, into battery pack have their existing business models and have sort of incremented to the point they're at now. We had the opportunity to look at how we would actually deliver a battery pack cheaper and also still a good engineering solution. Um, so that's, that's how we sort of came to that position. But the way we actually achieve that in reality is one, using Arc. So that allows us to quickly design optimized battery pack solutions without having an engineer sit in front of CAD for three months. Um, we, we've made a whole set of design decisions to do with materials and manufacturing processes and you know, adhesives and, and spacing and all those things. Um, all those design decisions are made. So that allows us to quickly automate design. So, you know, we can make a module one meter long or 1.3 meters long or 80 centimeters long. All of those things we can just do, you know, in an instant. Um, because we've made all these design decisions already, we're not redesigning everything for everyone, which means that that's the first thing that brings the cost down. I mean, re redesigning everything for everyone is not something you can do if you're trying to achieve cost reduction. The second thing we decided to do was do design and manufacture. Because firstly, by doing both, it allows you to really reduce the margin on the upfront, on the consultancy, on the design part. Um, but it also means you can optimize either side. So our manufacturing lines are specced for ARC, which means that we can make it quicker and faster. And because the design upfront knows what manufacturing line it's going on, we can really optimize the design as well. So getting both parts of that together under one roof are of critical importance really to, to making sure we can do um, a more cost-effective solution. Yeah, you mentioned that you're sort of set on those design decisions now, and that's what helps make it cost-effective. So is there any room for further development and further innovation, or are you sort of set on that one design and, and just focusing on that right now? So yeah, what are, what are the sort of next steps for, for the company? Yeah, so um, Arc in itself, um, you know, in theory could be expanded. You know, the, the concept behind it, there's not limited to, well, it's currently 2170 format. So the, there's no limit for that, right? We could expand it to 4680 or we could expand it into Prismatic. Um, but we're definitely looking at future technologies and, and what, what they would enable, especially in terms of, of cost and energy density. Um, so in terms of our future technologies pipeline, we're, we're always looking at, at new technologies. Um, in terms of the existing solutions, though, and, and where we're going, we basically are now get, well, getting customers, hopefully, into um, sort of a sample and prototyping and, and getting them um, on the road, really, using ARC. And how long is that timeline? How long do you expect it to take from where you are now to, like you said, getting these battery packs into prototypes and into customers' cars effectively? Yeah. 
Um, so like a good a good ballpark would be probably 18 months um, from sort of requirements to um, you're like in production fully um, and the, our customers are delivering to their customers, um, which is quite a rapid turnaround. Um, for all yeah, that does seem quite quick. I was expecting a timeline of sort of three to five years for some reason. Yeah, well, so that's that's what normal automotive timelines are. Um, there are a few reasons we're not doing that. One is we're not redesigning everything, so we can just you know we can skip the whole twelve month working out what bus bar material we use. Um, so that saves us some time. But also because of the market we operate in, our customers tend to want to go quite a lot faster than that. Um, so you know we're we're talking to people who want, you know, 2024 start of production, which basically means you need to hit an 18 month um, turnaround on battery back development uh, in order to actually achieve that. Okay, great. And now just to finish things up, I mean, I always end these podcasts by asking our guests for their thoughts on the future of the business, almost like that typical interview question of where do you see yourself in, in the next 10 years? But what is that long-term vision of Ionetic and, and what does the future have in store for you guys? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, the long-term vision is to have five gigawatt hours per year of battery pack development, uh, battery pack manufacturing capability deployed in the UK. Um, hopefully, we should have that in the next five years, all being well. Um, the demand is clearly there. Um, I mean, demand is way higher than supply um, and probably will be for a while. So that's the yeah, sort of high level target, but we also have other targets. Like we think by the time we've made all the packs over the next five years, we should have uh, mitigated the production of 100,000 tons of CO2, um, which is really, you know, really important. That's kind of also part of the reason, right? We need, we need to demolish carbon emissions before 2030. Um, and the only real way we're gonna achieve that is by sort of electrifying everything. Um, so that, that's part of the, the key goals in terms of short term, uh, we should have manufacturing capability next year to start doing, um, a sample production and prototype production for, for automotive companies. Um, and obviously we're, we're growing, um, in basically every metric you can, you can track hopefully. So that's the short term and long term. That's all for this episode. Many thanks for listening. And if you liked it, then please do check out all our other episodes and be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to make sure you get every single episode as soon as it's released. For daily news coverage, features and much more, you can also head over to evpowered.co.uk. Thanks once again for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode of the Everything EV podcast.